you like Grant Fisher, I told him I'd give this shout out, but he just came out with a new podcast called The Half Step Pod. He's doing it with a former teammate of his, Connor Lane, and a really good listen behind the scenes action of what it's like to be a professional. Welcome for the first time to the Half Step Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lane, and across from me, still zooming in from Tokyo, Japan, we've got Grant Fisher. Grant, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Um, still riding the high, body's exhausted, my mind's pretty exhausted. Um, yeah, racing out here, it takes a, a big toll on everything. Um, but yeah, feeling good, um, getting ready for a, a 5K in a few days. Um but yeah, overall, just great feelings out here. Yeah, well, look, we've gotten a ton of questions about the fact that we're only a month out from the cross-country season. So we decided <laughs> we would jump on the podcast today and think about answering them. We've got a guy in the DMs named Lewis. He's saying, what are some of your favorite base strength workouts to do in August and September? To prepare? No. <laughs> we're done with that for at least a while. Listen, we I don't even know where to start with this race. I had a stat pulled up. That you might have seen at some point, but I went and did the research and then I saw it on Twitter later, so I know it's right. Uh, Since the inauguration, I guess, of the men's 10K uh, in 1912 in Stockholm, uh, I'm going to read you the list of American men who have finished top five in that race. Uh, In 1912, Louis Tuanima came in second. He ran above 32 minutes, but he got the silver medal. Uh, that was the first ever American to place top five or better in the in the 10K. In 1964, you probably know this one in Tokyo, Billy Mills. Billy on the outside, gold medal for America, the second person. 1972, Frank Shorter got fifth in the 10K and then went on to win the marathon in Munich. And then in 2012, Galen came in second. And in 2016, he came in fifth. That's the list. That's That's the list of American men who have been top five in the 10K all time. At the Olympics. Uh, now you got to add one to that list, I guess. Right? <laughs> Pretty nice list, yeah. 2020 slash 2021, I don't know what they're calling it. You got Grant Fisher, uh, Grand Blanc, Michigan, coming in fifth as well. I When you hear that, like, what like what do you even think? Are you are you able to contextualize it right away? I know you're kind of a, your own historian of the sport, so I know it's not lost on you. But, like, where where's your head at? Oh, man, I, it's all just pretty overwhelming, honestly. Um you know, going into that race, I was very confident in, in my ability. I knew I'd been training with great guys and felt confident, but I, j- I just didn't have a gauge to, to know, like, how that would stack up against some of these really good East African guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just went out there and gave it everything I had. And now afterwards, you know, just trying to wrap my head around everything that happened. Um, so much of the race is kind of a blur still. Um, it's... Yeah, it was it was pretty wild conditions out there. Just a very very strange back and forth wild race, um, and and really fun to be a part of. But yeah, I guess in the aftermath, just yeah, tr- trying to understand everything. I've gotten so many uh, people that have reached out on social media, texted me, um, called me, emailed me, um, and the support has been yeah pretty overwhelming. I, I didn't really expect it. So um, yeah, I I. If anyone's listening that that wrote me a note, thank you. I I read all that stuff. I really appreciate it. I I do take a lot of pride in 
having support from people back home. So, um, thank you so much. Um, I know the race was super early back in the States, but, uh, a lot of people told me they set early alarms and, and I appreciate that a lot. Um, it sounds like for, for me, Woody and Joe, we had a lot of people, um, in our corner. So even though people weren't there in person, it, it, it felt good, um, knowing that people were watching. So I know we talked about a little bit right before we started, man. Uh, we're not going to do this huge, deep, in-depth like breakdown of this race yet. It's 10,000 meters long. Like you said, a lot of crazy stuff kind of happened. Uh, you're a little bit fried still. We've got you know 10K more of racing coming up over the next week here. Uh, so we're just, it's going to be a little bit of a quickie. But I will say, uh, the one thing I would say about this race is you, Josh and I were watching it on this live stream that we did on the Instagram account, which... Everyone should check out. We might do it again for the fives. I think uh, it went pretty well. And we were both just kind of talking about how like beginning of the race, middle of the race, towards the end of the race, you were, we'd be like, man, is there a better position Grant could be in right now? And we were always like, no, <laughs> like you're, you're, you're just exactly in that base, like sticking in like seventh, eighth for a huge chunk of that on the rail pretty much the whole time. I know we're not going to do a deep breakdown of the race, but the one thing I wanted to talk about is kind of in terms of like the meat of that race was like the ability to get that perfect positioning. Uh, and obviously it comes from strength. You know, you have to be able, strong enough to be able to fight for that spot and hold it and feel good about it. But like, did that, did that fall into your lap or did you have to work for it? Yeah. Um, you know, every, every position is worked for in, in that level of race. Um, nobody's going to hand you good spots on the rail. Um, no one's going to hand you the outside when it's time to kick and get around people. Um, it's physical in there. It's choppy. Uh, everyone wants the same things. Everyone wants to be in the good spots. Um, everyone wants to be around when it's kicking time. And, um, if you get a good spot, you have to defend it. Um, and that means, you know, moving up on the inside, if you have to moving up on the outside, if you have to, um, throw in some arms, if you have to, it's kind of whatever's necessary to, to defend those really good spots. Um, because if you lose them, it takes more energy to get them back than what it would have taken to defend it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I was focused on positioning. I wanted to be up near the front. Uh, I wanted to see the guys that I wanted to race, uh, towards the end and, um, didn't want to get stuck in the churn, uh, that often occurs kind of deeper in packs. Um, a lot of times when people move up on the outside, we've, we've discussed this before in, in, uh, previous episodes, but, um, a lot of times when people move up in packs, they don't move up and then get to the front. They kind of move up and then tuck back into the middle. And then um, before you know it, someone else has moved up and tucked into the middle, like right in front of you. So you kind of get spat out the back. Um, so, yeah, um, honestly, positioning was on my mind that whole race. Uh, you know, you have to focus. It's a long, long way to go. But um, kind of, like I said, if you have a couple of mental lapses and you get spat out the back, it takes a lot of energy to get back into, into a good spot. So yeah, I was, I was certainly thinking about that. <laughs> the only other, the only other real race question that I think is essential to tackle right now is you mentioned before the race, maybe not knowing how you stacked up against the East Africans who you haven't really gotten a chance to compete against just with COVID and when you went pro and at all. And, you know, you weren't at that level before, <laughs> like before the pandemic, before this year. Did you have a, you know, you get to like, were you a little bit surprised at 800 to go at 400 to go? You were still there or are you, are you even thinking like what, what was the thoughts in, in your head? If there were any besides just like move that like, Hey, I'm still here with a K to go. I'm still here at 800 to go. I'm still here at the bell. 
Um, and then that transition, because the second half of this is kind of like, dude, with 300 to go, I thought you were going to medal. And, and the Ugandan, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the Ugandan guy on the outside. It, you had inside space potentially up the rail at 300 or like 320, like coming off that curve. And it looked like if you had that gap, you might've been able to get right on the back of the leaders. And like you got cut off and had to cut your stride completely. Um, and even then it still looked like you were like moving there. I, what was that like last K, last 800 when you start to realize like I'm in this late? Are you even like aware of that? Like wh- where are you at? Yeah. So, um, the whole race was a grind. Um, absolute grind. It, I know we were running slower the first half technically, but it was a grind. There was a reason why these guys that everyone thought were going to push the pace and, um, make this a fast race kind of bailed on that plan early. <laughs> the, the conditions were oppressive. It was, it was hard. Um, the heat, was it like overwhelming? The heat was, the heat was certainly there. The humidity was, was there. It was certainly like the sweatiest race I've ever been in. Um, it felt hotter than Eugene, even though Eugene was 110 degrees. Um, and yeah, we, we weren't running that fast and it still felt pretty hard. Um, yeah, you know, as the race progressed, I knew someone was going to have to go. Um, you know, not there, there are a lot of people in that field that thought they could leave it to a lap to go. Um, but I figured that there'd be a decent amount that also would want to go with maybe like 2k to go a mile to go, 800 to go, stuff like that, uh, and try to string it out. So, um, I just wanted to be durable. Um, physically, I wanted to be durable in a sense, like don't, don't let these guys drop you before the race starts. Um, cause the race really starts at these championship things. It seems like with a, with a lap to go. So I wanted to be durable in that sense, durable in my position. Um, you know, not giving space up when I don't have to moving up when I can. Um, and then durable also like mentally just in a race like that, you see a world record holder come up on your shoulder, um, world record holder go past you. You see a world championship champion go by you. Um, you see guys that have multiple medals, world records on the roads, um, you know, some accomplished runners come by you, you know, jostle you around. Um, and when you've never been on that stage before, um, I just wanted to, to withstand that, um, not to let that get to me, not be intimidated, um, and just get after it. So, uh, by the time the, the race rolled around to maybe like 1200 to go, it started hurting really bad. Um, I felt like, I was really riding the edge there um, and people started pushing. It got even more physical and yeah, I, I just wanted to be up there. I, I didn't want to get dropped. Not, not at that point. Um, I knew I could make it to a lap to go and, and put myself in it. And, um, and then on the last lap, it's just, you know, give it everything you got. Um, there's, there's not much to it at that point. Um, you know, the top three guys in that race, they, they were clearing away the top three. I, I don't think even if I race that thing, perfectly or had the best day ever. I don't, I don't know if I was getting top three. Uh, those guys were just on another level that day. Um, but I was really, really happy with, with how I executed. And um, I, I walk away pretty happy with fifth, very happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with what you said about those three guys. With like 200 to go, 150 to go, it just, like watching on the, it just looks like all of them have this like mushroom bolt. Like, you know, just like I said, I mixed my Mario Kart there, but it's just yeah. mushroom like, of a, uh, of a sprint right there and like they, they clear it away and it ends up being like a bit of a margin. But if you talk about them being on a different level, then 
the level directly below that level and touching that level and could beat <laughs> that level on the on the, on the good day if, you know like right in that mix is your level and when you're talking about hey okay to go all these global medalists going by you you gotta check the rear view too man you know like, <laughs> <laughs> take take a look at that rest of that top 10 you know and, and and tell me some of the guys you beat in that race that uh also are pretty damn accomplished runners so yeah, I mean, I, I think that the big thing that everyone's, you know, everyone I saw tweeting about it or posting about you or commenting about you was saying is like exactly what you're saying, man, as your first time in there, like you don't really know how you're nervous. You're looking around at all these guys like, do I belong? Like, and you're even saying that now, like, hey, as a first time, like that's something you'd experience. It didn't seem like you experienced it at all. You know, you, you seemed like this, this picture of composure. Um, we talked about that when we did the thing with Woody at the trials, that that was kind of your secret talent in a lot of ways, staying composed. Um, you, you didn't seem flustered by it at all, I guess. And where does that come from? I mean, like you said, you maybe should be almost afraid of these guys. Like, it's good that you're not. You wouldn't run as well. But like, if, if you were afraid of them, but where does that kind of composure in that moment come from? Like, what, what, what has it been? Yeah, um, I don't really know, man. I don't know what to attribute it to. I guess, you know, all, all my career dating back to when I was in high school, um, I've always tried to put myself in big races and race guys that were better than me. Um, and I think what comes with that is just experience of um, being surrounded by guys that, yeah, are are better than you and, and trying to race with them. And um, each level I've kind of progressed through in, in my career, I've tried to do that same thing. And um, by now I've, I've gotten to a point where putting myself in with guys that are better than me on paper, um, that's like, it's the highest level now. So um, I don't know. I was just telling myself, just, just give yourself a shot. Um, you know, the Olympics only happen every four years. Um, you don't get these kind of opportunities very often, make the most of it. And um, don't give these guys an inch. Um, you know, like I said, they are world record holders and global medalists and, and more accomplished than me. But, um, you know, they're still, they're still a person, like everyone can have a bad day. Um, and I wanted to put myself in a position where I could race those guys. And, and kind of like I said, going in, like, I genuinely wanted to see where I ranked in, in the world level. Um, and there's only one way to find that out. And uh, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, the answer is pretty freaking high. <laughs> pretty high i mean i had a question somewhere in here about like oh man you know being fifth is a phenomenal result but does it being so close to medals does that even make you think about it but you kind of answered a little bit with those three guys the way they pulled away how dominant they looked um but i guess i'd ask it anyway like does does fifth make you feel so close to third and like damn like i was really close to the point i mean is it still an a plus result from you but it's almost like because you ran so well it almost opens up the second door of oh my god I, I was only two and a half seconds out of it um just for reflecting on the 10k but then also moving into five um and obviously does scotty give you confidence going into that race but first off like in reflection is it man i was pretty close to to the silver bronze in that race i mean and gold uh and then also kind of moving into the 5k you take that with you yeah, you know, you, you can look back on any race you do, whether it goes really well or really poorly, and you can find things that you didn't do perfect. Um, you can think of 
um, what ifs and, and say like, oh, if this happened, this happened, maybe I could have run this or that. Um, you can always find a, a place you could have finished higher or um, a, a different level you could be at or a, a couple seconds you could have shaved off here and there. Um, you know, at the Olympic final, there's really, there's really not much more. I think I could ask to myself, um, you know, I, I, I might not sound it right now cause I'm exhausted still, but, um, you know, I'm so ecstatic with that, that performance and, um, you know, to mix it up with those guys, uh, was a great experience. And I, I think it will serve me really well going forward. Um, right now my focus is on the five, um, just getting recovered and ready for that. Um, and I'm going to give it everything I have again. Um, this time we'll have a, a prelim and then a final, so a little different structure, but, um, yeah, I just want to, you know, get out there and make good decisions, um, and give myself a shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, being close to, to the leaders, I guess you could break down every little split second and say, oh, I could have gained half a second here, you know, a 10th here, whatever, um, been in a better spot here not fought this battle, but, um, you know, you're never going to have a perfect race. You can beat yourself up doing that stuff. So, um, I'll, I'll walk away just, just happy with it. Um, you know, I, I talked to Jerry after about like some little things I could work on, but, um, you know, overall just, just a great experience and, and, uh, yeah, time, time to get amped for this five. Um, just building the body back up right now. Uh, I was pretty, I, I know I already mentioned this, but I was pretty beat up from that 10. So, um, building the body back up, uh, just getting a lot of massage, um, easy running, you know, going to do some light strides today. Um, but yeah, eyes are forward now. Um, not, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to downplay. Like I, I am really grateful and, and thankful for everything that happened in the 10, but eyes forward for now. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll talk, talk more and think more about the 10, uh, probably after these fives. Yeah, no, and that makes total sense. As much as I want to dive deep into it, uh, we will we will put that a little bit on the back burner. Uh, in addition to you being burnt a little bit tired right now, as we talked about, <laughs> it also probably isn't, you know, the best thing for the next race to be so reflective uh, just right. a couple of days out from the prelim. So a hundred a hundred percent understandable. Uh, we knew this was going to be a shorter episode anyway. Is the when is when is the prelim? Uh, the prelim out here is on the third, um, which I guess will be. I think it's the four of the second for you. Yeah. Maybe. No, it's no, the same actually day. it'll still it's be the, the third. Day. Yeah. 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 Cause ours is the evening of the third is the prelim. Okay. So then final on the fifth, sixth on the sixth. Okay. Morning of the sixth. I think that's at 5am. Josh and I were looking at the time. So 5am East coast, no 5am Pacific. Um, but we will, we will figure out the specifics of those, uh, <laughs> of those times over the next little bit. Um, last question though about the 10, this isn't specific to like, it shouldn't be a ton of reflection. Just how was it in actuality having so many of your teammates in that race? Um, or how many, uh, so many of the Bowerman guys, is that even like, did you feel that camaraderie at all? I mean, like I think Mo in that last mile or so, were you at all like, Hey, I worked out with this dude a hundred times over the last couple of years and he's right there and I want to be right there. Did, did that, did that help you like hook in and stay there? Yeah. I mean, totally, you know, having teammates in there, guys that I live with, train with, uh, everything. Um, it was really comforting. We were able to warm up together, um, you know, do our standard warm up, do our standard strides and drills. And, um, 
it felt like we were going into a race together, um, which was nice. You know, this is a big stage, so definitely could get in your own head if you're just, you know, everything's new. You're doing it by yourself, um, like like you would if you were the only person from your from your team or country that qualified. Um, so it was great to have each other um, comforting, just going through like the call room stuff. Um, you know, there's there's language barriers with all the officials. They're they're uh, mostly Japanese people, so some of them speak a little English, but, you know, there's some translation stuff where, you know, it's unclear what you're supposed to do at, at various stages uh, in the call room process. So having teammates that spoke English was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, getting out there on the line, just we were in the biggest stage of, of our lives, I guess, except Mo. Mo's been at this level before, but the rest of us, it was the biggest stage we've ever been at. And, um, you know, having the guys within the race to just queuing off of them, um, using their energy. When Mo went to the front, I was kind of like, all right, this is it. We're doing it. Um, I got to go with this. And um, it's cer- certainly a comfort thing. Um, and, you know, having five guys from the same club in a final, uh, it's pr- pretty wild. Um, so, yeah, we, um, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was invaluable. I, it, it would have been a totally different experience if uh, I didn't have those guys around me for sure. So um, it was fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad to shout them out too, because they've been so invaluable on your, on your journey uh, last couple of years, you know, and in these races. Um, oh, was the stadium? Did that feel weird? <laughs> um, so I hadn't gone into the stadium. Uh, there was a stadium walkthrough two days before the final um, that we could have gone to, but, um, I don't think any of the 10 K guys went. Um, so my first time in the stadium was literally three minutes before the gun went off. So, um, you go through all the staging areas, call rooms, they're checking everything, um, making sure you're, you're good to go. And then, you know, rush you out onto this track and you get time to do maybe a stride or two and then you're on the line. So it's only three um, minutes. Yeah, it was quick. Um, the whole check-in process was kind of rushed, but, um, yeah, you walk out of this tunnel. Um, I hadn't set foot inside the stadium and then all of a sudden you're there and, you know, you're, you're surrounded by this, you know, cascading wall of seats, empty seats. Um, but it's, it's crazy. Like the, the spotlight is, is on you. Um, I guess not me specifically, but no, um, no, now it's, but but on the race, (laughs) but on the race. So, um, yeah, wild experience. It, it would have been incredible with fans, um, but it is what it is. Um, we got to have an Olympics, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it'd be really fun to come back here in, in future years. Uh, maybe maybe Tokyo will host a Diamond League or something in, in future years and can come back to the stadium with fans. Awesome. Well, I mean, you know what they say, dude, every, every track, 400 meters around. No matter, no matter <laughs> I hope so. Final or the track, <laughs> except for the Stanford track. Stanford track is 385, but... Uh, <laughs> Every yeah, every other track. The last, the actual last thing I want to I want to end with I want to uh, ask about is, do you remember giving the thumbs up? I've seen about two hundred screen caps up, uh, <laughs> in the last day. Do you remember that? If so, who was it to? Is because is there anyone in the stadium? Like, what's what's the story there? Yeah, so um, finished the race, I, and I'm kind of just looking for my my teammates. Um, seeing where they are, like talking to them. I, I spoke to Mo, um, you know, exchanged a few words, gave him a hug and found Mark and Kieran and Woody. And um, 
at one point I looked up and, you know, there's big video boards all through the stadium. Um, and I looked up and, and like the, the, the camera was on me and I was just like kind of walking around and I didn't know what to do. So I, <laughs> I just gave the, th- the thumbs up and smiled. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were no fans there. Um, Jerry was in the stadium, but he was on the complete opposite side. So the, the thumbs up was to nobody except like, I guess anybody watching. I, guess everybody <laughs> watching. Yeah. I didn't know if you were, I didn't know if it was to a person or if like you knew a camera was on you. I mean, you also wouldn't know that that was the world feed, you know, like that, that was the feed. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was either. just the stadium feed. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just looked up and yeah, my head was just on the screen and I was like, oh man, I should probably do something. <laughs> This feels like you're like at like a baseball game and you get shown on the on the on the big screen and you have to like do a funny. And this feels like that same yeah. energy right now, where it was just like, oh, I'm on the jumbotron. Yeah, yeah, the, the fan cam. Yeah, this is exactly what you did, except after coming in fifth in the final. It was really wholesome. It was some really wholesome content. Uh, I thought it was a really good celebration, all in all, of a, of a really really solid result, man. Um, and now, and yo, low key, not to start any beef, but now you 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 beat Mo once. I don't know. That's gonna be the team vibes. <laughs> no, we'll be good. I mean, we all go back and forth. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be all all good out here. No, he's gunning for you in this five for sure. <laughs> hey, well, seriously, like wholeheartedly, congratulations uh, from me, from all the guys. I mean, I know that they've all been reaching out as well from everyone. I'm sure listening. They'd also want me to say it. Just congrats, man. That was unreal to watch. Um, it's a whole different level from just making it to the games to be top five like that, as you know. Uh, don't get too caught up in it. I know you won't. We've got <laughs> a prelim here in a couple of days and then the 5K final. But I also really appreciate you wanting to get on this one because, you know, we, we talked about how, how awesome it is when we all get to hear from you close after a race and in between meets and that kind of thing. So this is it was really sick to hop on. I know you're fried. I know you're really fried right now, <laughs> but bouncing back. So yeah, thanks for Thank you for coming on, dude. Uh, and it was an awesome, awesome, awesome result. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, again, thank you to everyone that's reached out, everyone that watched, um, you know, we, we all appreciate it. Um, you know, a sense of having people back home cheering is a good thing. Um, when you're halfway across the world. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. Thank you, guys. 100%. Oh, we're going to cut the episode before your computer dies, and we're going to get you an adapter so we can charge it. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's going to be great. And we will talk to all y'all after the 5K final. Yeah, uh, for At sure. some point. You might travel immediately back, and then we'll figure it out. But we'll, we'll get that in, and we'll do a deeper dive on this as well. But uh, thank you guys all for listening to another episode of the Half Step Pod. Uh, and we will see you guys next week, probably. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Peace. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye.